Jalen Milrow was amazing. The defense was amazing. Football was amazing. And tomorrow, we get Monday off. What else do you want, people? You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, college football is back. And Jalen Milrow is already silencing his critics like you. No, I'm just teasing. People just think you're a critic, but you're not really a critic. And Jalen Milrow was fantastic yesterday. Um, Man, what a fun game to watch. And it was just a methodical thumping. That's the only way I know to put it. It was definitely a good start. Uh, I, I want to start defensively just simply because I think they were even the better unit on the field yesterday. They gave up very, very little Middle Tennessee's quarterback had an extremely inefficient outing with his numbers. They uh, only rushed for less than 80 yards as a team. Uh, I think they have one 30-yard scramble if you take that. But by the quarterback, you take that out, they had just literally nothing. So the the defense did a a great job of limiting Middle Tennessee. And what I really liked about the defense, Luke, is in the second half, when they started really playing backups and took the starters out, the backups were just as good as the first team guys. They gave up nothing. They uh, Typically, you know, you put in all the backups and the other team moves the ball down the field late in the fourth quarter and skews the stats. Not last night. Uh, deep, the defense was good no matter who was on the field. Alabama played a ton of players on defense. Uh, I thought most of them stood out, particularly my man Deontay Lawson, who I thought was probably the best defender on the field. I thought Lawson was great. I thought uh, Terrion Arnold played well. Uh, Jalen Key. Uh, with the with the big interception, uh, yeah, the defense was uh, was no no worse than a minus for sure, and, and probably more like an A plus. Uh, great defensive performance, and uh, next we'll talk about the offense. Well, we'll spend a lot of time on the defense uh, in, in other segments, but I think the first segment's got to be dedicated to Milrow. I mean, look. I think he won people over. This is what I've been talking about. Like, look, I'm I'm fine. Milrow, I think, is the best option all things equal for Alabama but uh from a from a branding standpoint if nothing else because I think he's just so intriguing he's so athletic and so much fun to watch that when you have players like that and you're also winning it just elevates your brand and we all know how important branding is right now and Milrow was amazing he's the first player in Alabama history to have three passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns in the same game that kind of blew my mind because we have had Jalen Hurts Tua wasn't like super fleet of foot, but he had some rushing touchdowns. Uh, even Bryce Young, I mean, you would think somewhere in there you would have snuck in three TDs passing and two TDs rushing. But Milrow is the first one. Blake Sims. Uh, but Milrow is the first one to do it. His first touchdown was nothing short of spectacular, where it was a bad snap. He kept his composure. He keeps his eyes down the field, but he also looks for his running lane. And then he has the strength, the speed, and the balance to get the end zone it was a thing of beauty. And from that point forward, I think he captured the fans. There, there Certainly there were some doubters out there. We all know this. I mean, in our own comments, there were people like, if, if Milrow starts, we we might not beat Middle Tennessee State. No, we demolished him with Milrow. He, he was really the main reason. Um, his passes were great. 
Um, his, his deep passes were good. He had one that was a little short to Ja'Cory Brooks. I'm going to chalk that up a little bit to the fact that Ja'Cory Brooks was apparently suspended for the first half. So maybe they had no communication, no chemistry in, in that moment. But he had a deep pass to, uh, to, to Bond for a touchdown, to Burton for a touchdown. He had nice touch on a pass to Prentice. By the way, shout out to the wide receivers. There really weren't any drops. I mean, I went back and watched the game this morning – you could say maybe Prentice dropped one that was a little low one time, maybe, okay. but I'm, I'm not going to count it. I'm going I'm to move that aside. But Amari Nablack's catch was great for a touchdown. Um, we, I t- by the way, I had a couple of predictions that didn't go well. A couple of them did. I said a tight end will score a touchdown. Everybody get excited. That happened. I said that Milro would um, pass for, I think, two and run for one. Well, I, I missed that by one each. And I said he'd have interception. He wasn't even close to having an interception, frankly. He didn't have a pass where I go, oh, he wants that one back. I, I didn't have any of them. Yeah, Jalen played uh, really well. Uh, we do have to, It's Middle Tennessee. It's not Texas. Uh, the bigger question is how is he going to perform against, you know, a higher quality group? No question. Hey, that's tougher for everybody. It's tougher for everybody. You know, when you play your municipal golf course and you shoot – 79 and you think you're really really good we'll go play augusta from from the back tees and and tell me how that works out this is kind of playing augusta from the back tees coming up this weekend so it's going to be tougher but uh hey he played great let's remember how mean frankly a lot of the critics were this entire offseason there were plenty plenty of alabama fans out there that had their doubts that that Jalen would even look good against middle tennessee and and frankly he was record setting uh, and 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 fantastic. Now there's plays he wants back. Learning, learning. You know, a, a couple of throws weren't great. Uh, I think one time held on the ball too long for one of the two sacks. Uh, you know, s- things he can learn from. And and I'm sure today is the the film review with Tommy Reese, and 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 he will learn those things. Uh, boy, what what a great the th- the the downfield throws were were great. I wasn't really surprised. I mean, myself, I. I I, I, Milrow had won this job. I think it was obvious from the way the quarterbacks were substituted last night and Saban's comments this week. Uh, Milrow won that job more uh, solidly than a lot of people knew. I mean, it, it, and then when you watched Milrow last night uh, with Buckner, with Simpson uh, also playing, I think it was pretty obvious what the coaches have seen, you know, in terms of, okay, who's the best quarterback? Who gives us the best chance to win the game? But uh, he, he was great. Definitely give him an A uh, for, for last night. Uh, athletic, the, the play that you, you pointed out was a fun highlight play. It's a little alarming because Seth had more than one bad snap. That was probably the worst one. But Seth had a, a few bad snaps. Uh, Milrow recovered from that great. Uh, but, again, I think the touchdown throws, all three of them were great, particularly the throw to Nye Black uh, at the end of the last touchdown pass. I also think briefly uh, – even though it was a quick look and, and and it wasn't the look we got at Milrow, I was pretty impressed with uh, both Tyler Buckner and Ty Simpson. I thought they both came in and ran the offense and did well and didn't make egregious errors. Uh, I, I thought both of them looked good, and and uh, now it's uh, Texas week. Yeah, and kind of ironically, both of them scored rushing touchdowns, right? I don't think either yeah, one of them did. had rushing touchdowns. So. They did. Four uh, four rushing touchdowns and quarterbacks last night. Kind of felt like the old uh, Coach Bryant wishbone days. Quarterbacks yeah. just dashing into the end zone. How about the first play of the game? We line up Danny Lewis and Amari Nyblak, 
uh, and in. bond, and we throw it to bond. What a brilliant play call. Now, look, I understand. I'm not trying to make too much out of it. Maybe brilliant's over the top, but I'm going to stick with brilliant because what you do is you get bond confident. You throw an easy pass for Milrow, and you set it up with two guys – Danny Lewis, we did, we weren't really worried about his blocking to begin with, but with Nye Black last year, his issue was blocking. So you put him out there and say, "Okay, let's see what you learn." And he did a great job. I mean, it wasn't a ten-yard game, it was an eight-yard game, whatever it was, and it was it was just a good play call. I loved it. Um, we did have multiple tight end sets all the time. Love that. Uh, I think you can see we got weapons there, um, and and we're going to use them. It's not just that we have weapons. I mean, we've had weapons at tight end before. We just hadn't used them. And now I think we're clearly going to use them. I want to tell everybody now about Athletic Brewing Company. This is a really cool spot. I want everybody to go uh, check out their website for sure, Athletic Brewing, because this really, really is cool. Um, Now it's time for your game changer of the week, and that's brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Jalen Milrow, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. That is very, very true. And look, hey, Jalen Milrow, our player of the game, because it's easy. That is, it's easy and it's awesome. He, it, it, it's so easy to pick Jalen Milrow to be player of this game, just like it's very easy to go check out Athletic Brewing. I'm telling you, you're going to love this website, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good, full flavor and well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. I've tried them. They're delicious. Their brews are great-tasting and award-winning and beat out full-strength beers in global competition. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden, Sours, and more. They're consistently releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. They're fit for all times. That is so crucial. You can drink them anywhere, anytime, and make any activity even more enjoyable. Watching a big game or your kid's game, uh, tackling work or working out, whatever, you can have one of these. There's no hangover ever. You can find Athletic in-store, online, and at bars around the country. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code Locked On. that's all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get 15% off your first online order. That's code Locked On at checkout for 15% off at Athletic Brewing. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. I'm, th- these things really are delicious. Just, just give them a try. You're going to absolutely love them. And uh, you'll be, you'll be like, Hey Luke, why didn't you tell us about these sooner? Well, they want to sponsor then. That's why I didn't tell you. Um, so Jimmy, let's talk a little bit now about the rest of the offense. Well, okay. Y- you know, we've heard so much about the return of joyless murder ball and okay. I, hmm, I thought the offensive line was really good. Not great. I thought that they uh, there were two sacks. I thought one of them was Jan Miller's fault because, and I just watched it. Um, there was it looked like there was a little miscommunication maybe on the line where J.C. Latham Latham thought he was supposed to take somebody else. It looked like that, and then Jan Miller did, in his defense, recognize the blitzer. But when he went to take him on, it looked like he didn't take him on with the same ferocity that a Mark Ingram would have done. Mark Ingram would have laid that dude out, and um, Jan Miller's going to have to do better at that. And that led to a sack. And then another sack was I really thought that, uh, like you said, uh, uh, Jalen Milrow may have held onto the ball too long. And let me throw in one more Milrow thing before I let you rant. Uh, 
there were a couple of times I was watching with a lot of people and they were like, Milro seems to be holding on to the ball for a long time. I said, I think we've got to work him out of that. He is, he does not want to throw a pick. Like you can tell that's something he's like, I'm not turning the ball over. I might do a lot of things. I'm not turning the ball over. And I think he's learned a sack is better than a bad pass that ends up in a turnover. I'm cool with that because you will learn, okay, I need to throw it away. There's a difference between throwing a bad pass and throwing it away. And um, I'm cool with that. He, What it means to me is he's learning, and he's growing. And it's it's so big to me to see him do this. I love it. My little man's just growing up, Jimmy. <laughs> guess that one of the speeches he's getting today, and this is just a guess on my part, is, hey, uh, Jalen, I'm going to get a little upset with you when you hold on the ball too long. I mean, I, you know, when you hold on the ball too long and you get sacked, you, you could get stripped. Uh, you, you know, I, I, I'm i a little upset with you. I'd be more upset if you threw an interception. I'm a little upset you held on the ball too long. I'm never going to be upset with you when you bail and, and, and make it a, a, a quarterback run. Don't, don't ever think that I'm going to come in here and say, I can't believe you just took off running because – I'm okay with you doing that, okay? Protect the ball and take off running because Alabama cannot just continue to move the ball forward anytime Milrow does that, as we all know. It can be a big play for the offense. So I think that's probably something they want to work on a little bit. It's, it's actually bailing a little earlier with the ball uh, because it's a punt return when, when, when Milrow has a broken field. So uh, – Overall, great job, like you pointed out. One sack was jammed. The other sack, I think, was holding on the ball too long. The offensive line, uh, first of all, uh, I've read a lot of bad criticism, like this isn't what we thought we were going to get, and and they did a lot of talking, and where was all that? They did have 500 yards of offense almost and 56 points. I mean, you can't do that with a malfunctioning offensive line. Okay, so there's too much of the, oh, it wasn't what we thought it would be. Uh, that said, uh, the four, the five running backs together, this is the number I look at for rushing yards. Quarterback runs are kind of weird to me. The number I always look at, like, hey, did we block well in the run game? I look at the running backs numbers, the running backs. It was uh, 136 yards on 30 carries. That's not terrible. It's not great against Middle Tennessee. Okay, and, and and I think that's the and that's I think the best way to describe the offensive line. Uh, Thirty carries, one hundred and thirty-six yards against Middle Tennessee. Uh, that's not great. It's also not horrid. They they weren't terrible, and like we said, two sacks. One of them was just the back not properly uh, uh, handling the blitzer. Uh, I, I give the offensive line a C, uh, maybe a C plus based on the yardage of points, which is all that matters is the points, and there's fifty-six of them. Uh, so overall, fine. That unit's got to improve. But, Luke, we talk about this game all the time. Best offensive line I've ever seen at Alabama is the 2012 one. It's either 2012 or 2020. And in 2012, uh, we played Western Kentucky in September in a similar game to this, and they gave up six sacks. And they ended up being the best offensive line we've ever, we, we, we arguably ever had. For whatever reason, under Saban in particular, and I don't know why, I don't know why because this is over – multiple offensive line coaches. We seem to struggle a little more in September than we do in November, even though you're playing much better teams in November. Uh, these September games when the offensive line is sort of figuring stuff out, it's it's always been a bit of a work in progress. So I, I'm not stunned that it wasn't an A-plus performance. Uh, I, I think they'll actually, to some degree, look better against Texas. And by that, I mean just a little more gelled 
But uh, the offensive line of all of the units on the team, Luke, I would give it the lowest score uh, of, of any unit that was out there. But it was far from a disappointment, as I saw some people say. How can it be disappointing when you almost get 500 yards of offense and score 56 points? That's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and the running backs, I thought, were uh, they were very good. They were very good. There, there was not a superstar. I thought Jam Miller would lead uh, in, in rushing yards. That did not materialize. I was glad that both Young and Richard Haynes got in there for carries. Um, Miller got some carry. I, I thought all running backs had their glimpses of like, okay, he can do this stuff. Now, it's kind of also what I thought, though. There's not a Trent Richardson in this bunch, right? Right now, I mean, maybe Haynes and Young develop or whatever. But, like, I'm not seeing a – bona fide superstar Doke Walker award winner. And and before people think I'm being hyperbolic there, we've had a lot of guys who were like that in the Saban era. So it's not crazy for me to expect that. Um, I thought the receivers were, again, no drops, huge, because we've heard about that in practice being a problem. Um, if you want to uh, nitpick and say, uh, still hadn't seen a whole lot of Malik Benson. He's targeted twice, I think. Once. And and I'll tell you, the one other time he was targeted, and it wasn't a catch. Um, we never got a good view of that. Was was the ball? Was that maybe Milrow's worst pass? Because it looked like we see it from the backside, and uh, Benson's actually going the other direction. And I'm did Milrow just miss that completely? Because from our angle, it looked like. Benson could have had that, and he just didn't. Do you know? Uh, that was one of the few plays based on where I sit in the stadium. I, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about, but I don't recall thinking that at the time. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That's what I'm going to have to see. I haven't watched the, the playback yet like you have. I'm going to do that very, very shortly here. Uh, but I, I didn't get a great look at that myself. Uh, I, I thought the wide receiver group was fine. I like I like there were no drops because drops had been a thing. I like that Bond has taken that step. We saw what big role he played. He started the game. We saw what big role he played. That to me, Luke, tells us what kind of spring and fall he had. That 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 Bond has kind of leapt to the forefront of maybe the whole wide receiver group. I thought Jermaine Burton had a good game. Brooks only played in the second half. I think we can just kind of wipe out that whole game for him for, for that reason. He's obviously a little bit in the doghouse. Hopefully that's all behind him because he is one of our good players going forward. I think Benson will be fine. It was a first game for him, but I thought if there was a story at wide receiver, it was Isaiah Bond and uh man with his speed and explosive ability, uh, he can be a big time player for us. Uh, the tight end group, as you pointed out earlier, awesome how we talked about this all offseason. And we were, we were right about this. Four tight ends played in the first quarter. I mean, we have four tight ends that play with the first team. They're all good. They all bring something a little different to the table. Now Black's obviously going to be the star in terms of pass catching. Uh, I think Danny Lewis or C.J. Dupree, either one of them, probably the, uh, between those two for the best blocker. Uh, even Robbie Hughes makes a, a real solid contribution there. Uh, boy, Tommy Reese, the tight end friendly offensive coordinator, showed up at a good time where his tight end room, he's got four guys that can help him. Uh, it's not a situation where he's got to recruit it from the ground up. He, he kind of inherited a pretty good situation at tight end. So uh, we'll see going forward about how the balls get spread around. We didn't run a lot of plays last night, Luke. 64, yeah. play, 64 plays, 30 of them were running back runs. A handful of them were QB runs, some of them resulting in touchdowns. 
so we also didn't have a ton of pass attempts. So for people like, hey, how come this guy didn't catch the ball? How come this guy didn't catch the ball? Well, we've only got about, you know, roughly 25 pass attempts in the whole game. Uh, you know, one player is not going to get seven or eight targets. Yeah, and with the new rules about the clock, you, you're going to lose some plays too. That's something else to think about. But, Jimmy, I want to tell you now everybody about FanDuel. Uh, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. I'm talking about right now, not messing around. New customers can get this deal from FanDuel, and it's a good one. You can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That's fantastic. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on anything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so now, Jimmy, let's talk a little, a few other odd and end things in defense. First of all, um, and at the very end of this, I'm going to let you sort of go off on a tangent here, but at the end, I want you to update us about some potential injuries because I'm worried about, I saw a lot, we didn't see a lot of people go in the tent. We saw a lot of defensive backs go in the tent is what it felt like. Uh, two penalties, that, uh, that warms the cockles of my heart. It really does. It was nice to see that. Deontay Lawson. Is it just me, or did he give Rashawn Evans vibes on that sack he had? I mean, that he looked like Rashawn Evans, 32 jersey, the whole thing. Um, yeah, I thought he was the best defender on the field. And then Jalen Key, how excited do you have to be if you're Jalen Key? You've been at UAB essentially a backup for a long time now. You play in your first game in Bryant-Denny, and you get a pick. You get the first, first turnover of the year for Alabama. Um, James Burnup was awesome. We could spend two podcasts talking about how – Awesome. James Burnup may be the most improved player on the team. Not kidding. Not kidding. He's a dude. He's a dude. He's not just giving. He's a dude. He's And and it it made the 2021 season when he wasn't good, when he was literally learning how to do this. 2021 wasn't a good punting year for us. Didn't really cost Alabama in the sense that we almost won the national championship. But uh, man, he is a good, he's going to, he's going to punt in the NFL. I don't know that he'll be a, a starting 10-year guy in the NFL, but he, there, those were some NFL punts last night, particularly the first two. Tyrion Arnold was good. Yes. Um, uh, Kool-Aid, of course, was good. And Kool-Aid still does this punt return thing where he ends up with like 60-some-odd punt return yards on five returns, and none of them are even close to being a touchdown, but they it's just like it doesn't matter. He's going to get his yards on punt returns. That's just what he does. Now, he's not, probably not going to score, but he's going he's gonna to flip the field. He's just awesome at this. Unfortunately, he took a hit on that, that last one. It looked like it, it – boy, I hope it doesn't affect him for Texas. Don't affect him for Texas. <laughs> I know. Yeah, injuries at DB will be a big story all week. Here's the thing. As we know, Nick Saban doesn't share a lot of information about injuries, so we might not know – about the injuries until literally game time against Texas. And that's the way Nick Saban designs it. It's not because he doesn't want you fans to know. It's because he doesn't want Texas to know. So it's probably just going to be the mystery all week. But I do think there's reason for us to be nervous. I'm going to use the term nervous about the DB situation. Remember this, too, going into We don't have Devontae Smith. And so Smitty didn't play last night. 
he's hurt. So he's out. Okay, so you already have Smitty out. Uh, and then last night during the game, Kool-Aid gets hurt. Malachi gets hurt. Jalen Key gets hurt. Uh, so that's concerning. Uh, and when they, by the way, when those guys came out, here, here's the concerning thing. Trez Marshall got hurt early in this game. Not a lot of people know because Trez came back in. When Malachi and Kool-Aid and Jalen Key, uh, when they all got hurt, they didn't come back in. So I'm going to be nervous about it. Uh, I don't know anything. I don't know anything specifically that's that 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 you know that, that we can report. I mean, in terms of like, I, I just know that they got hurt and didn't come back in. So I'm going to be nervous about all three, uh, you know, uh, in, in terms of, of of their availability. Because if you lose all of them, that's a big problem. Uh, for instance, I mean, Christian Story, who me and Luke have been bragging on for a long time, he ended up playing a significant role in the game last night. And in so many respects, Christian's like our fifth safety. So many respects. But he was literally a starter or one uh, after multiple injuries to the safeties. And again, we're already down one with Smitty. That means there's only seven safeties on scholarship. Three of them are really young. Pope, who played quite a bit at the end of the game. Uh, Tony Mitchell, who played some. And Brayson Hubbard, who I didn't see play last night. But those three are, you know, Pope, Mitchell, and Hubbard. Probably not the guys you want to see play against Texas. That only leaves uh Caleb Downs who was really good last night of course and uh and Christian Story if uh if Malachi can't play and and Jalen Key can't play I think Caleb Downs was credited with a tackle for loss and he had another play where it I mean he should have made the tackle for loss but he came he was just flying into the backfield I mean I can't love Caleb Downs anymore and I love Caleb Downs right now I mean I think I've hit the maximum Caleb Downs love potential <laughs> He's going to be, uh, I said last night to uh, somebody, I, I I don't think it's crazy that Caleb Downs ends this year on the all-SEC team, first or second team or something. Yeah. And that, that's how good he is as a true freshman, which is just nuts, especially, did, in, this, uh, especially now, in this league. By the way, this sort of irritates me. I felt like Kendrick Blackshear, his turnover yeah. was an interception. But they didn't give me – they call it a fumble – like a fumble recovery, but I feel yeah. like it was an interception. Just like if I remember right, back in the blackout game in 2008, uh, Dante Hightower, they credited him. I want to say it was a fumble re recovery too. And I was like, no, that's an interception. And for whatever reason, I find interceptions to be much sexier than fumble recoveries. And it, <sighs> they mean, that means nothing, but who would have had, cause again, I'm going to count as an interception. Who would have had, okay. The first, the guys who get our first two interceptions of the year, Jalen and Kendrick Blackshire. Uh, right. And Blackshire is a guy I did notice this. When Trez Marshall got hurt early in the game, he came out. Blackshire came in. I was a little surprised. I would have guessed maybe Sean Murphy there. But Blackshire came in when Trez Marshall was hurt. And uh, when he was in there for Trez, he was highly disruptive. Very obvious. His presence active. was felt and very active. Then later in the game, he just came in as kind of a, quote, normal sub. And again, that's when he made the play you're talking about. Uh, and, and other, I thought Kendrick Blackshire was like, he was making a statement about, Hey, uh, I need to be on the field. And, and it was not that there's anything wrong with Marshall. And of course, like we said earlier, Deontay Lawson probably was Alabama's best defender last night, period. Uh, Lawson was great. So I think Alabama's in good shape, that inside linebacker spot. Trez was banged up, but again, he came back in the game. 
All right, everybody, that's going to do it for today's initial reaction podcast. We'll have a lot more to, tomorrow on tomorrow's pod, so be sure to tune in. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Go check out Athletic Brewing. Go check out FanDuel. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to say game one in the books. Roll Tide, everybody. Roll Tide.